Welcome back to another episode of the Retro Crap Jacket, the podcast where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your host, Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by my delightful co-host, Matt. Oh, that's so sweet. So delightful. Oh, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Everything is fine. <laughs> Nothing is wrong. This is fine. Uh, politically or oh. uh, in the public health arena, oh, we got we got through it. And then January oh, yeah. 1st, everything just reset back to normal. And I love how obsessed people are with, with New Year's. Like, <laughs> right? Like the date, the date changing from one day to another on a specific part of the year somehow marks some great revolution in the way the world is going. No, I've never felt that way. No, it's kind of the same shit, different year. Yeah. I'm that I'm way, way with birthdays, too. Or, I mean, yeah, at a certain point, like... I remember someone was like, oh, you're 18 now. How does it feel? I'm like, the same. Oh, you're 25 now. How does it feel? The same. Like, just to be clear, being 18 and 25 was very different. Yeah. But just in the course of one day <laughs> changing. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, in the course of one day changing. See, I was stoked when I turned 25 because I'm like, oh, fuck, I can rent a car now without an exorbitant fee. That's amazing. Oh, I didn't know that was. <laughs> it's like the last milestone. Okay. <laughs> Sure. The only reason I know that is because, like, one time when I was, like, 22, I needed to get somewhere, and my parents wouldn't let me use their car. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll rent a car. And then I looked at it, and it was like, if the driver's under 25, there's, like, a $200 surcharge. Oh, jeez. <laughs> For, like, extra insurance. I'm like, ah, fuck. <clears throat> but, but, yeah, man. no. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It probably goes back to, like, I don't know, paganism. Most things do. Uh, mm. you know, probably the, the changing of the, the calendar year probably had some sort of significance. Maybe. Yeah. It's just a, just but a I, guess. I also didn't celebrate the solstice, so. Fucking animal. Why not? Actually, I think I did celebrate the solstice <laughs> with a game of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> the days are getting longer, Matt. Mm. <laughs> How do you not celebrate <laughs> Literally every every year of my life that I lived in my parents' house, sure enough, I would wake up on the winter solstice, and the first thing my dad would say would be like, well, days are getting longer. Which is like such a white dad thing it's to absolutely say. Absolutely a white dad thing to say. <laughs> like, like, who fucking cares, dad? <laughs> Thanks. It still gets dark. It gets dark at, uh, you know, 4.30 now instead of 4.26. Ooh. Woof. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, well, happy New Year anyway. <laughs> happy New Year anyway. Um, yeah. I, you know, not, let's not talk about COVID. I was about to ask how you guys are going back into a lockdown or whatever, but yeah, I'm in Ontario. Let's not talk about it. Still um, want to talk? About, hey, we're not far behind you. <laughs> oh, that's sad and true. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, since we've spoken, it's been the holiday seasons. I'm sure there's lots of movies and medias that we've gorged upon with endless hours of little else to do yes yes i went on a christmas movie marathon the week of christmas because i decided that the week before i would go get a covid test and quarantine for the week so that i could see my family Mm. And uh, before y'all yell at me about how twenty uh, percent of negatives are actually false, po- or you're actually false, and blah blah blah, I know, but I also didn't have any 
you know, symptoms or anything at the time. So I felt pretty confident. Yeah, I mean, doing I that. Think that's fair. I also, me and my wife also uh, just quarantined ourselves yeah. for two weeks prior to Christmas so that we could go see her parents without nice. yeah. feeling but... guilty. And I mean, like, I totally get it. Yeah, like, no, stay home and everything, but um, no. <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, like, I took a pretty educated uh, approach to it. Like, my parents both work from home. They don't see anyone other than... Uh, my Oma, who also lives alone, and she doesn't see anyone other than my parents, and so, um, you know, I took a week off from seeing my girlfriend, which sucked, but... Yeah, that's rough. That was rough, um, <clears throat> but it's just the way it worked out, she was gonna do, end up doing Christmas at her mom's house, and I wasn't going to be able to go over there and if i did go over there then i wasn't going to be able to go see my parents so we just decided we'll do our own christmas thing on boxing day yeah okay kind of thing you know so yeah i had a a christmas movie fest where i watched what did i watch the first two home alones (laughs) nice jingle all the way oh boy uh yeah with with the i watched jingle all the way with the weekly planet uh podcast commentary track that they did which was oh. hilarious oh, God. um because also i've seen jingle all the way like a thousand times so i was like might as well Fair what enough. else did i watch uh it's a wonderful life which i oh, bought yeah okay which i bought on 4k blu-ray because it was on sale did that enhance At- your experience well no i don't have a 4k tv or player but oh, it came it right. came with a regular <laughs> blu-ray so i watched that but it was really funny. On the packaging, it says, with HDR, high dynamic range, for brighter, more vivid colors. Oh, baby. And I'm like, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> it's it's in black and white. What? That's uh, special. It was so funny. Some special so I did, marketing. I did that, and then I also, at the same time, bought the entire series of Xena Warrior Princess, and so I've been making my <laughs> way through that. <laughs> Ooh, that's a big switch. <laughs> 50 bucks. 50 bucks for all seven seasons or whatever. Okay, not bad, not bad, not bad. Yeah, not bad, not bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Never seen the show before. I mean, other than, like, I probably saw a handful of random episodes in the 90s, but I never actually, like, watched it religiously. But uh, it's going back. It's fun. I like it. Yeah, so yeah. I've, only mm. ever, I've also only ever seen, like, the occasional episode when it was airing on that sci-fi channel space well, that's yeah space probably I space I remember yeah. the name space but yeah that was it it's just yeah. been too long it would be like you know come on before relic hunter or something <laughs> yeah fun fact the guy that owns the company i work for now used to own space what yeah <laughs> oh crazy little fun tidbit for what uh, company i work for if any uh listeners want to google uh outdated canadian television stations <laughs> there you go it's a fun rabbit hole no yeah but uh i mean i think the most important thing well okay so what did you watch actually let me oh i mean i watched a whole slew of movies that i've never seen before oh boy i mean like obviously i watched the grinch the the 2001 but i yes. i watched that yeah. even we talked i think we talked about that last we time. podcast in december yeah, yeah uh yeah so i mean like um 
I watched uh, a new Christmas movie uh, called Happiest Season. Is that the one on Amazon Prime? Uh, I, th- I think is it on Amazon? I uh, probably or is it Netflix. It was on one of them or both or or I don't know. But uh, is that the one about the lesbian couple that? Yeah, it is a LGBT comes home for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas movie. Uh, it was lovely. It was delightful. I love Dan Levy to the ends of the earth. I think he's fantastic. <laughs> Who's Dan um, Levy again? Who's Dan Levy? You have you ever seen Schitt's Creek? Oh no, he's Eugene Levy's son. He's Eugene Levy's son. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, and he's, I haven't gotten around to Schitt's Creek. I know it won every Emmy. I need to get to it. Yeah, that's good. It's 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 definitely worth it. Um, that was the only Christmas movie I watched that was new. I also watched just a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, I had never seen Minority Report. Oh, okay. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. And I watched that recently. It was like, yeah. it was okay. <laughs> Ult- ultimately, I was like, I don't know if I ever want to watch this again. Oh, but yeah. I haven't uh, seen it in a while. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of Tom Cruise. That's fine. Um, yeah. I watched, um, uh, on Disney plus on the old DP. I watched Soul. Mm, um, I also watched Soul. It was a very interesting movie. Yes. Um, with I think, like, in terms of Pixar, for me, it's kind of middle of the road. I think that's fair. There's been brilliant Pixar movies, and this one was yeah. just good. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, in terms of, like, animation and stuff, I think this is probably one of, like, this is probably their highest quality movie. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and the way they they conceptualize like extra planner beings um, through animation was super interesting. Yeah, apparently that was um, I guess the original director dropped out at one point. Uh, I can't remember why. I think it was. The, I don't think the movie was originally about jazz. Hmm. Um, but the original director was like a traditional uh, animation guy and he did a lot of that like impressionist cubist kind of uh i guess it's more cubist isn't it i don't know uh yeah like the the 2d line drawing kind of character design Mm -hmm. and i think that was kind of the only holdover from his rain i don't know (laughs) for some reason i knew you were going to use the word rain and i was like (laughs) It's gonna be a weird choice, and it was. But uh, oh, I really, the I really like I that animation. That. No, I liked it too. I liked his it leadership, a lot. his direction, his, le- his direction. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. Um, his hold of power. I thought it was it was interesting. Uh, they, they, I haven't really seen Pixar do like more realistic looking humans before. And I mean, like, they're still obviously cartoons, but they look, I don't know, something about them where, like, they didn't look like Pixar characters. Hmm. Especially I found, like, um, like the students in his band class. Yeah, my mind immediately went to the students. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, he's obviously yeah, they're, got, they're like, a very... still cartoony, but... Yeah. Like, you know, the top half of his head is a lot smaller than the bottom half of his head. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the, excuse me, the saxophonist lady has a very, like, hook nose kind of 
yeah. thing going on. Yeah, so it's like they're, they're obviously it was just a very different but... style. It was just a different style, and it was really refreshing. But, yeah, but there wasn't, you know, the Pixar mom with like the pencil thin neck and the the dump truck booty and <laughs> that kind True. of stuff. There, yeah. Yeah. No, I liked Soul a lot too. Um, oh, and then oh yeah, one other movie. I actually just watched it yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind, and I I really enjoyed it. It was the movie Captain Fantastic. I love that movie. Oh, it makes me happy to hear you say so much. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was right there in the name. I, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Viggo Mortensen in something, and he needs to be in more stuff. Is, he's still so hot. How is he still this hot, dude? He is my Silver Fox daddy goals. Like <laughs> that is what I want to look like when I'm in my fifties. Fair, absolutely fair. What fucking hunk, man! And his voice, ah, oh, that Ar- that Aragorn voice. Yeah, Captain Fantastic was the movie that inspired me to start learning how to speak Esperanto. That's why you started learning how to speak Esperanto. I remember when you started, me being like, yeah. "What the hell? Why?" Because <laughs> there was a scene where they speak Esperanto. Yep. And I was like, "What is this language?" And then I googled it, and I was like, fascinated by like why it was invented and. Um, <laughs> At like the, um, I saw like a TED talk where this this primary school teacher from England was talking about how uh, learning Esperanto uh, is kind of like the language equivalent of learning how to play the recorder. Oh right. Where it's like it's it's very very simple <laughs> to learn and it teaches you like the basics of learning other languages, um, and 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 it kind of gets you helps get you in that mindset for learning languages like simple like the recorder where it's like it teaches you about finger placement embouchure how to read you know that's usually when a lot of people start learning how to read sheet music for the first time mm-hmm. um you know uh time signature stuff like that it's a stepping stone it's a stepping stone where it's not like you're not going to hand a kindergarten like what he said is like french is a bassoon you would never hand a kindergartner a bassoon <laughs> and ask them to play it because it's insane. <laughs> That's what an insane person would do. But they you can hand them a recorder and be like, body here, and their mind. blow on this, and they'll be able to make a sound. So it's like, yeah. It'll be bad. but It will be bad. There's no such thing as good recorder music. <laughs> Turns out there is. You can Fuck Google off, it. seriously? Yeah. You oh, can, okay. Some people play the recorder. Well, I mean, this is an interesting segue uh, into something else we need to talk about, but... Uh, a prime example of good oh. recorder music. I know where you're going. It's the Mandalorian. Yeah. But to be fair, that's like a bass recorder. He he uses an entire family of recorders. There are moments where he is using the kind of recorder that I have in my closet that I haven't touched in years because it sounds like garbage to me. He uses little ones like that. It does come up. The main theme huh. is a gorgeous, rich, large one for sure. But yeah, he uses the... a whole family. <laughs> Yeah. Like that, right? Yeah. Like that's a that's like a bass recorder, yeah. Mm. Well, trust the Swedes to find a way to make a recorder cool. Yeah. Ludwig. Ludwig. Should we talk about it? Yeah, let's get into it, man. So I think okay. last time we podcasted, there were still two episodes left. Or maybe it was just there was the yeah. one left. Um... No, I think there was just the one. Because we talked about Bill Burr, right? We talked about Bill Burr and Mando oh, taking I off think, his helmet. 
I think it had come out, but I hadn't seen it. I think that was the problem. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, okay, real quick on that episode. I like that episode a lot. Me too. I like, I like Bill Burr. I like that his character has a more complete arc in about two minutes than some of the characters in the entire sequel trilogy. Yes. Um, <laughs> so true. It felt so good. Yeah. My gosh. Um, Mando taking off his helmet. Um, I have a couple of conflicted feelings about. Uh, let's. I mean, okay. If you haven't seen it at this point, I I doubt you care. So spoilers for everything. <laughs> um, but like you know, how convenient that there's a terminal that has to scan your face and not not you did not have to have your face in the data bank. Just a face. You just have to have one. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I won't. My dis. My uh. My suspended. Um. Belief. Kind of. Yeah came back down to me at that moment i was like what? no it's it's an old screenwriting trope right if you give your character a fear of fire they're gonna have to run into a burning house at the end of the movie if you give them a fear of snakes they're gonna have to fall into a pit of asps very dangerous um you know <laughs> so if you give a character a thing where it's like he doesn't take off his helmet ever and show people his face obviously it's Chekhov's face. He's going to have to take off his helmet at some <laughs> point. You're going to have face. to see his face. Yes. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so, yeah, like, I get that. And I. it's weird because it is a good character moment. Because it's like, okay, he's very, very determined to find Grogu um, at this point. And, like, that's more important to him at this point than the Creed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I get why that's an important moment. However, and it's a bit spoiled because we already saw his face last season once, but I think the more impactful face reveal was at the end of the last episode when he takes off his helmet and shows Grogu his face for the first time. Absolutely. And I'm like, that would have been a really good way to... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm like, that would have been a really good way to, like, bookend that arc, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's him completing his arc in a way. Um, and the other one kind of felt like they just, they went a bit early. I guess I think, I think, yeah, but, I think it was, yeah. it was, it's tough because to be I don't hate it. Stone. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I didn't hate it either. It was just, it did feel like a, a little bit contrived, um, and was also overshadowed by how much the episode was about Bill Burr and how much I loved it. Yeah. And so like, um, I think there could have been like a way to like. Maybe you don't, like, you know, you just see him from behind as he takes off his helmet and it scans his face. Or if it was, like, a, a retina scan and there was, like, an eye visor or something, so he had to show, like, part of his face. Yeah. Also, retina scans are more something that makes sense in general. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I know the, at the very end where it's it's in front of everyone, but more importantly, in front of Grogu. Yeah. That was, that was still... That still had emotional weight for me. Oh, definitely. Um, that was that was the big, big moment. Yeah, for me as well. Um, the little little hand he touches his face. Oh my god! Little puppet hand. What? And like just I kind of don't fucking care about this show anymore. Because now it doesn't that... look like Grogu is gonna be in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That's I'm like fair. this whole show is about. Um, 
you know, him trying to get Grogu to a Jedi. And, like, now it's like, oh, I guess it's going to be, like, you know, Bo-Katan. And, like, they're going to try and reclaim the throne of Mandalore. I'm like, I don't fucking care about that, man. (laughs) I don't fucking care about it. All the shit from the Clone Wars that was about Mandalore. And then all the stuff in Rebels about Mandalore. Like, I just, why do they keep going back to it? Yeah, I want new stuff. Like, it's a whole whole race of people that's based off of an action figure. Like, it's not... (laughs) so true <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm just like can we do anything else so uh, yeah I, I don't know like for season three and then they're doing the book of boba fett right yeah which right. i'm like okay all right all right yeah. fine <laughs> yeah that, that was my feeling yeah. too like okay i'll watch it <laughs> like you're you're committing you're committing to this boba fett retcon okay <laughs> committing real hard apparently but ming na wen's gonna be in it and yes which was what i'm most excited for i want i would love more ming na wen absolutely yeah, yeah. so yeah no I'll, I'll i'll watch it like i said i'll watch anything if it's good i was skeptical about the mandalorian when they announced it yeah i remember that because i'm like really the first show you're gonna do is gonna be about a guy that looks like boba fett but is not boba fett and then you're just gonna like make him do all the cool stuff that you wanted boba fett to do when you were a kid playing with your toys and you know and then you were pleasantly surprised they managed to make it work so i'm like all right all right fucking impress me again (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah well where i'm sitting but we'll see the Star Wars thing I'm most excited about, obviously, is Rogue Squadron. Oh, yeah. The next feature-length movie is going to be Rogue Squadron. And I'm pissed because I had, in my mind, you know, if I ever ever got the chance to make it to Hollywood and ever got to pitch a Star Wars movie to Lucasfilm, that was the one that I wanted to do. It was going to be Aaron Dawson's Rogue Squadron. Yes, and I would have made sure to put my name across the top of the title <laughs> like a narcissist. Um, well, I assumed. <laughs> it was going to be, yeah, it was going to be like a Young Wedge movie. It was going to be kind of fun. But, oh, well. Yeah, we get there in time to do like Rogue Squadron 9. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll be gold. At least that'll, <laughs> at least that'll be the one where you could conceivably get Clyde into. Yeah, yeah, our friend Clyde. That'll be good. Uh, anyways, excuse me. Uh, do you want to talk about Luke Skywalker? I, uh, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess I don't really know what to say at this point. Really, Basically, really fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like on one hand, I was like, oh, uh, better job than Rogue One with Leia, uh, and on the yeah. other hand, uh, not. She still, still shouldn't have. Still I, shouldn't, in have. my opinion. Oops. Uh yeah no it was it was weird and it like yeah. it also you know it wasn't like it wasn't a big reveal that it was Luke because we see him trashing shit up on his way and he's like oh he's wearing dark clothes and a yeah. cloak but he has a green lightsaber and one of his hands is gloved so I'm like oh that's Luke w- w- at what point did you know that it was Luke like uh well as soon as I saw the gloved hand. Okay, yeah. For me, it was, I had a sneaking suspicion when the X-Wing flew in, and it was like, just one X-Wing? Oh, great. And I was like, 
hmm, who flies an X-Wing? Hmm. Um, and then I saw the, you know, the dark cloak and the green lightsaber. I'm like, okay. Because there was rumors that maybe it was going to be Ezra from Rebels. Right. Which would and have he, been interesting, I think. Yeah. And he also had a green lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, th- I can't remember what I saw first. It was either, you either see the lightsaber hilt or the, or his belt buckle. In one shot, and I saw the belt buckle. I'm like, oh, that's Luke's belt buckle from Return of the Jedi. It's Luke. Uh, yeah. Apparently, he hasn't changed his clothes in seven years. <laughs> and when you've got a look that works for you, <laughs> work it. Work the look, man. Yeah. Um, it was cool. I mean, I really hate the fan discourse around it because everyone's like, finally, we got to the Luke Skywalker equivalent Ugh. of the Darth Vader hallway scene. We get to see Luke being a total badass and not a pussy like he was in The Last Jedi. No, I'm like, no, I don't even. I, I totally, completely, 100% give up on the Star Wars fandom. I don't give a shit what the fans say anymore. I know, right? I've lost all respect. Whenever, I think I said this last time, but when someone tells me that they're a fan of Star Wars, that I, I, I don't connect with them with that anymore. If right. like, oh, I love Star Wars. My immediate, my immediate thought is like, you probably need to fucking punch you in the face right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like here's what here's here's my problem with that is like, it's like you didn't watch Return of the Jedi. Yeah, seriously. Like, do you remember what he did at the end of the Return of the Jedi? He's like, I'm just gonna throw my lightsaber away, and you can fucking kill me, I guess, because I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I'm not gonna give in to that rage, and you know. The one loophole I've seen around it is like, well, he's killing droids, and and I think they did that on purpose, by the way. Yeah. Because I think if, you know, Luke Skywalker shows up and just murders a bunch of, like, stormtroopers and Imperial officers the way he did the dark troopers, it's like, mm, yeah, that's not, now I'm uncomfortable. That's not right. <laughs> Mind you, he has murdered a lot of people, but... Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's like... Okay, like yeah, it's it's like it's a fun action scene, but you don't need to like get your dick fully hard about it. <laughs> Very delicately put. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I watched it and I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, it's cool, I like it. He's he's hacking up a bunch of droids, but then they're like, you know, there's so many people like putting like like a the Darth Vader scene and then the Luke scene right underneath. They're like, like father, like son, it runs in the family. They fuck shit up in hallways. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't I want to stop breathing through your mouth. <laughs> stop it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. The other star Wars thing that I, cause they announced like a billion star Wars things, by the way, you're getting a thousand billion star Wars things for the rest of your life and you can never escape it. Yep. Um, is the acolyte, which is a show created by Leslie Headland, who mm-hmm. created the show Russian doll, which I have not seen, but I've heard amazing things and it's on my to watch list. Um, and it's going to be set in the like High Republic era, so like 300 years before Phantom Menace. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I'm like, good, let's get out of this Rebellion and Empire era. Yeah. Let's, if we're not going to go forward, let's back it the fuck up <laughs> so that we can do cool and original interesting things 
without having to be like, here's that thing you like, and don't you fucking dare put Yoda in it. Swear to God. <laughs> well, we'll see. He's like the only character that could possibly be around back then. Don't you fucking put Yoda in it. <laughs> well, yeah, or I'm interested to see or Yoda's then. dad. Oh, or like don't Yoda's dad. Yes, please. <laughs> Boda. Grungy. One thing I did watch over the Christmas break that I never thought I would watch, but I watched it and like it has been burned into my brain ever since. Oh. Is the movie Cats. You watched Cats? Yes. Why? My girlfriend made me watch it. She wanted to watch Cats? She had seen it already. What? And she wanted to watch it again. And okay. she's like, you need to explain this. She's like, you need to experience this. And I was like, okay, fine, I guess, but we're getting high. Okay, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> were you under the influence of anything when you watched it, and did it help? <laughs> uh, yes and yes. I took a weed, I took a weed brownie. Okay. And it definitely helped. And I was so... Like, the next day, I could not get cats out of my head that I watched it again sober. Really? And it did not help at all. I wouldn't assume so. And the, I mean, the question that I've just been asking myself over and over again is why? Oh, man. I don't know how familiar, familiar you are with the musical Cats. Just the one song. That one? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, I I knew very little about cats as well. I knew that song. I think I knew that there was a cat called the Rum Tum Tugger. Oh, yeah. That sounds familiar. And uh, Macavity. I knew those kind of things. That's all I knew. I had no idea what the plot was. Turns out there is no plot. Oh. The, the musical is this is the plot. There's a bunch of cats uh-huh. called the Jellicles. It's like a tribe. A tribe oh. of Jellicle cats. Okay. Um, which is a made up word that T. S. Eliot made up. Cool. Um and it they're all based on all the songs are based on poems that T. S. Eliot wrote in his book called Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. And the plot is uh, every year, the Jellicle Cats have a heavy uh, have a, a festival to decide which one cat will ascend to the heavy side layer and become, um, and will like get get renewed for another life, kind of like Logan's Run. Um, what? Yeah, so that's that's the the plot of the movie, and uh, basically the entirety of the movie is a cat will show up and be like, hi, I'm Buster for Jones. I'm a fat cat. And he'll sing a song about how fat he is. And then the rum tum tugger will show up and be like, I'm the rum tum tugger. I'm a curious cat. And he'll sing a song and they'll be like, here's Skimble Shanks. He's the railway cat. He can tap dance. And, and it like, it literally just goes on and on and on like that. Just like, here's a new cat. They're singing a song about themselves, and then they leave, and then another cat shows up, and they're singing a song about themselves, and then they leave, and they, like, tried to, I guess, and that's, like, the plot of the musical, and I guess they tried to work in this 
plot in the movie where like McCavity, played by Idris Elba, is like kidnapping other cats that he thinks could uh, like be his main competition to ascension. Okay. And anyways, it's it's so baffling. Wow. I can't it's, believe you did that. I can't either. Um, but like honestly, and and I I say this with one hundred percent seriousness. And I think the only reason this hasn't happened yet is because of the the pandemic. But I think this has the potential to be like the Rocky Horror Picture Show of the twenty first century. Like really? I I think in the right context where you're seeing it in a movie theater with a bunch of people who are there that want to experience it the same way that you do, which is to laugh and yell at it and have a fun time. <laughs> like, I think it has huge potential to be a midnight movie. Hmm. But the problem is if you're like going to the cinema and like someone's like taking their grandma to watch cats and you and your dumb friends are like, yeah, let's get high and watch cats. And you're like yelling at the screen. Like, obviously you're going to ruin people's experience. But if it's like, no, come down to the Rio at midnight, dress up as your favorite cat, <laughs> have a cat name, and, you know, we're serving liquor, and we're just going to play cats. Like, I think it would be really good. Should we get into our movie of the month? Yeah, speaking of rewatching this weekend. No, I'm not going to. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're... Doing part two of our The Distant Future, the year 2000, <laughs> where instead of watching movies that came out to, in 2000, we're watching movies that didn't come out in 2000, but are set in 2000. Oh, boy. I'm just kidding. We're just doing it. It's a one-off. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Death Race 2000. The year 2000. America is a vast speedway. People line the streets to witness the greatest drivers on Earth in a race from sea to shining sea. This is a death race. You finish first, or not at all. Death Race 2000. The bridge between last year and this. Yeah. Death Race 2000. I had it on the back burner as like a uh, just-in-case kind of movie. <laughs> like if there was like, you know, I couldn't, couldn't find a good movie that I wanted to do. Um, I was like, ah, oh, we'll just do Death Race 2000 because it kind of works. But I figured it was a good way to yeah, get out of last season, if you will, and get into uh, back into the old school way of doing the podcast, which is where we watch some crap that's old, and then we make fun of it a bit. Yeah, what year was this one from? Do you remember? Nope. Let me look it up. 1970-something. Um, I want to say 1974. Or 1975. It's it's like right before uh, 1975. There we go. It came out right before um, Rocky. Mm. So Sylvester Stallone was in this movie, and the next year he wrote and starred in Rocky and won an Oscar. So yeah. that's a big big step. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a <clears throat> excuse me. There were a few uh, recognizable faces and voices in this movie mm-hmm. we got david, david carradine yeah bill from kill bill mm-hmm. we got what's his face uh john crease from the karate kid oh shit yeah he is in this 
Yeah, did you not recognize him? No, and I should have, because I've been watching season three of... Uh, Cobra Kai? Cobra Kai. Yeah, he... Oh, yeah, uh, fucking look at that. You know, he doesn't... It's, like, it's a long time ago that this movie came out. He kind of doesn't look that different <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's like, sure, his face is like a little bit more wrinkly, but it's always looked like that. I think he was born like that. <laughs> it's It's quite possible. Yep. And then, of course, he, yeah, Sylvester Stallone's in it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Landis apparently made a, a cameo as one of the mechanics. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, Death Race 2000. Um, what's it about, Aaron? Okay, uh, so there's a, a race across America... Uh, that uh, takes place every year, I guess. And the point is to hit and kill as many people with your car as possible <laughs> along mm-hmm. the path uh, in order to score points. Yep, hence and, death race. Yeah. yeah, and the person who scores the most points, and I guess finishes first, like you still have to finish first? Now you see, that's a very interesting question that I don't think the movie ever answered. Okay. <laughs> All we know, you get points for killing people, and it's a race. Yes. And at the that's end, you get got. to shake hands with the president. Yep, the winner gets to shake hands with the president. That's and that's what the movie's about. Done. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this movie's a comedy, right? Like It's another interesting question, man, <laughs> which I don't know. I don't know. It has to be. It has to be satire. I really there's a don't char- know. There's a character's name is like Swastika Sally. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of people wearing like waving Nazi flags. Like. Yeah. There's what's there's her? A, what's, a, it's a not Nazi Swastika presence Sally. in this movie, and it's not Matilda the Hun. That's it. Oh yeah, Matilda the Hun. But they call her like the Swastika She God of the Road or something like that. Yeah, she's got some Nazi stuff going on. Her her co-pilot, her navigator, is. A Nazi. Yeah. And there's, um, yeah, just a bunch of people waving swastika flags as she rolls in. Yeah, there's like, all of the racers are are. Oh, hyper, I think they might like, they might call her the master racer or something like that. Like there's like a master race joke. Anyways. Oh, I don't remember that one, but that's yeah. Ooh, wow. Uh, yeah, all the racers are 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 like caricatures essentially. Um, yeah. It it had that kind of cartoony element to it, um, but. At no point was it made certain to me that this was supposed to be funny. See, I the thing I think that tipped it over the edge for me was... Was it the hand grenade? <laughs> well, the hand, <laughs> the hand grenade was good. Um, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> no, it was the, the announcer guy. Oh. Like, like his, his performance, I'm like... I'm like, okay, at the very least, he knows what movie he's in. Like... <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't like, know if everyone to the else announcer does. And the announcer going insane. I was like, you know, this guy has kind of has some like Monty Python vibes to it. A little bit. It 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 definitely had like a satire kind of comedy thing to it going on. And I and I I did a little bit of like reading, and apparently the um, this, this was produced by Roger Corman, who's like the king of B movies. Right, right, right. Um, and so apparently him and the director went back and forth a lot where he wanted more comedy and then Roger Corman was like, no, 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 we just need more shots of people's heads getting squished by tires. And 
kind of you know going back and forth taking the comedy out and stuff like that so i would i would classify this movie i think as a satire okay and i think they're sort of satirizing the american obsession with violence um make sense yeah the plot because it's yeah, like cause right like, after Vietnam, you know, and like that was the first war that was being like broadcast into people's homes, you know. There was footage from from the front lines in Vietnam that was coming home and people were seeing like actual war footage for the first time and mm. movies got a lot darker and more cynical then. So I think it was probably, if I had to guess, I would say it was a satire and it was kind of parodying that. Okay. I guess that's fair. Um, well, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the, the general plot. We have this death race that's highly televised, and America loves it. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, the America that we're set in in the distant future, the year two thousand, is very cult like. Um, Mister President is seems to be revered as a god. Um, yeah. And oh, and that's just it. There was definitely some like Hitler vibes going on with the the president. You know, they're wearing like a brown military uniform. Mm-hmm. You know, where the the American president usually wears a, a suit. Yep. You know. Uh, also, the, at one point, it's they say the United Provinces of America. Did you catch that? I missed that. Yeah, I specifically wrote that down. They say the United I, yeah. Provinces of America, and I was like, "That's strange." That is very strange. Um, one of the things I found the funniest was that they <laughs> they blame the French for all their problems. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep, just that straight happens. up. But uh, like they they do it they do it to to um, misdirect public attention. Yeah. Like so, so there's a, a group of rebels that are trying to get the death race shut down, and so they're planting, um, you know, bombs in fake babies, because you know if you hit a baby, it's like a hundred points, whereas like a normal person is just like a you know forty points or something like that. Yeah, that's right. The uh, the young, the younger, and then I think the older are worth the most amount of points. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's they go through the whole rating system in yeah. the movie and it's 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 wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's real bad. It is it is pretty rough. Um and that's that was another thing that kind of all, all of the like um televised um you know segments where they're like interviewing like the widow of the man who was just run over by Frankenstein and like stuff like that. Um and they're like isn't it great that he gets to be part of this like national event and He's gonna be remembered forever, and she's like fucking sobbing and going like, "My husband just got run over." And like, yeah, but it's by Frankenstein. Everyone loves Frankenstein, right? Yeah, we kind of failed to mention up to this point for those who haven't seen the movie. Our lead character, played by Bill of Kill Bill, uh, is Frankenstein. I guess he's the lead character. I mean, isn't he though? I guess we. I guess we sort of have two leads. We have Frankenstein, who is yeah. America's champion. There's a line um at the be- at the beginning of the movie said by like the the TV announcer, uh in the name of Mr. President, America loves you, Frankenstein. 
I just thought, yeah. Wow. I love that quote out of context. <laughs> so like I, <laughs> yeah, um, I would have I think interpreted as like Frankenstein as like the main antagonist of the movie, and then uh, Machine Gun Joe, played by Sylvester Stallone, would have been the the protagonist. But then like the way it ends, you it, thought Machine Gun Joe was the protagonist? Yeah. Really? He was he was just some asshole as far as I was concerned. Oh no, like he is an asshole. I I just assumed it was a bad script. Um <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, okay, like there's no way they're going to make like the guy whose face we never see the protagonist. Who Oops. would do that <laughs> for a piece of media? <laughs> um I know, it's ironic. Um yeah. But no, he's he's totally the lead. He's the one we get the most about, and then our 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 secondary character is his navigator, who um that's like a coveted position to be the navigator of Frankenstein, and yeah. it seems like it changes every year, and um it turns out that that is the daughter or granddaughter granddaughter I think or daughter I can't remember of the rebel leader. And right, she's, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. there to f up that race. Um, yes, it's granddaughter. It is granddaughter. Granddaughter. Oops. Okay, yeah, that's my bad. Um, yeah. Well, I think the other reason that I assumed Frankenstein was going to be the villain is because he's like the favorite. Mm, you know, yeah. like he's he's like the most popular one, and so then I'm like, okay, well then Machine Gun Joe is going to come in for the upset, and he's going to take out Frankenstein, and and that's going to be like the hero's journey. Oh, that's weird. But like, he's no. like clearly just a huge <laughs> asshole who's like a big rival. And I think I don't don't remember correctly, but like he might have been one of the only returning participants because usually everyone dies. Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, it's no, unclear. He was just a competitor in the thing, and he had machine guns and a big sword sticking out of the front of his vehicle <laughs> yeah I mean, all of the also... vehicles are so cartoony by the way oh they are yeah he also gets like the most screen time aside from frankenstein uh yeah so i don't, I don't know it's very confusing um Fair. but so basically what you end up learning about i don't know uh 10 minutes from the end of the movie <laughs> 15 minutes at the most is that um, his whole goal is to win the race so that he can shake the president's hand and blow him up with a hand grenade, which is literally he's missing a hand and his new fake hand is a grenade. Yep, there's just a big grenade sticking out of the palm of his fake hand that he always keeps gloved. Yeah. And that's... And that's and what, he's gonna like, he's gonna do that to kill the president. Yep, because he plans on being the final Frankenstein. Because Frankenstein is like a legendary figure now for Death Race two thousand, and like he goes in these accidents and he loses a leg and then he gets a new leg and then he loses an yeah. arm and he gets a new arm and he has all these body parts replaced and that's why he's yeah. Frankenstein. And it turns out that is just a bunch of government bullshit to deify this this racer uh mm-hmm. and he is just one of many 
Frankensteins. And he's like, you know, always got this tight leather suit on and Wearing he's a wearing a, he's wearing a gimp suit for the entire movie. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> like, ex- except for when he takes it off to, you know, make love. Because it's yes. a Roger Corman movie. Um, although he does keep that one hand gloved up until the very he end. He sure does. Yeah. Now we know why. Um, but yeah, he like, like through the eye holes in the face and, and through the mouth hole, it looks like his face is all fucked up. But then he takes the mask off and it was just part of the mask. And it's yeah, it's just David Carradine. Um. And he's a, he's a real suave about it, too. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and there's there's like a bit where there's like a cult, um, that like worships Frankenstein. Oh and yeah. And you know, like one of the girls from the cult shows up and and she's like, uh, she's like, oh Frankenstein, like I've been chosen. And he's like, are you here to offer me your body? And she's like, yes, but not in the way that you think. And it turns out that she's been chosen to just like jump in front of his car. Yeah, just stand out in front of the road so that so that her life can have meaning by becoming part of his score for this year's race. Yeah, yeah. It's just basically it's just points for him, right? So. Oh boy, yeah. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> yeah, but there's yeah. like there's like a few there's a few a few points in the movie that we get where it's like, oh, maybe Frankenstein's not all evil. Um. Because he's the the favorite terrain, and then okay, so this one scene, wow, it was bad. Um, it's euthanasia day at the geriatrics hospital. <laughs> that happens, and all the nurses roll all the old people out into the road, so that Frankenstein can run them over. <laughs> um, Frankenstein instead veers off the road and goes along the causeway in front of the hospital and wipes out all the nurses who just Drives push the, the old nurses, people out yeah. there. Which was like, that was kind of funny. Um, yeah. But also, it's like, see, this oh. is where this is when I'm like, okay, it's pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that this is a satire. It's supposed to be like a dystopian satire because, like, euthanasia day, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you know, if I had been watching it with you, I probably would have caught on that it was a satire. I, I was taking it a little too seriously, given the state of the world. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Fair enough. Fair but enough. Uh, I mean, yeah, thinking back, there were some absolutely ridiculous. Oh, excuse me some absolutely ridiculous um, sound effects. Yeah. Like someone would hit oh. a car and it would be like, you know, like, Oh yeah, totally. And also I had <laughs> one of the notes I had written down was like tires squeal on everything. Oh, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Like <laughs> there's one part where uh machine gun Joe like drives uh, like into a Creek bed to try and hit a farmer who gave him directions Oh yeah, and he's like literally driving through the water, and he's like, <laughs> it's like tires squealing, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, no, cool, that works. Ugh. But yeah, so then like the the bulk of the movie is the rebel insurgents who they do manage to kill a few of the racers. Um, it's trying to take out Frankenstein, their prime target, because he's the favorite. He's you know America loves him. Um. Uh, and his navigator is trying to, you know, throw him off course, but also he catches on to her um, and, you know, makes love to her. And she starts to fall for him. Mm-hmm. Um, which... And then he drugs her at one point? Oh, yeah, he, he drugs her so that she passes out during, like, a rebel attack via airplane. 
Um, and then the airplane crashes because the guy wasn't good at flying, I guess. And then she wakes up and like, what happened? And he's like, your friend's dead, honey. I don't know why. That's yeah. not what David Carradine sounds like at all. Um, I actually recognized his voice before um, I saw his face because I was like, oh, oh, that's Bill. It's Bill, yeah. He's got such a good voice. Yeah, I can't um, remember why he drugged her. Because he, he thought she was communicating with the rebels. Which yeah. she was? She was. Yeah, she was he spying on him. So he didn't want... He wanted the rebels to think that he had killed her for some reason. Because yeah. I think there's even one line where the pilot's like, he must have killed her. We're not, we're like, we're not, you know, we're not getting anything. Oh, yeah. And like, he flies over and she's like slumped over in the seat. Yeah. But also like, they're just yeah. like dropping bombs trying to hit the car. It's like, you're going to kill her if. Yep. Like, unless she bails out or something, but. Yeah, yeah. this is a little unclear. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Long story short. <laughs> well, and then it's after that that we find out that his mission is to kill the president. Right, yeah, he he comes clean with her. Which, yeah, like, he's, like, he's like, I can't have you guys fucking this up for me because I'm going to get to the end and I'm going to shake hands and I'm going to blow him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then it, it comes down like the end of the race. It's just Frankenstein and his rival machine gun, Joe and, um, the navigator, she takes off his hand grenade hand mm-hmm. grenade, um, in order to stop machine gun, Joe, like he uses, uses that explosive yeah. to, to end him. Um, so then like, they do complete the race, which, like, again, like, <laughs> I really want to know the part of me that, like, that enjoys different kinds of sports and racing and video games all together. It's like, I want to know how the point system fucking works and whether or not it matters if you cross the finish line first or is that, like, worth an amount of points? And I'm so bothered by it because none of it mattered because he was the only racer left. So yeah. even if he had taken a million years and scored no points, he would have won anyway. And I hate it, but that's yeah. that's just me. That's nothing to do with the movie. That's my problem, maybe, and I'll maybe it's like it. <laughs> it's like Quidditch. Or like once the first person to cross the finish line, or once the first person crosses the finish line, the race is over. Oh, interesting. You know, or maybe it's worth a certain amount of points. Like you know, the snitch is worth 150 points or whatever. And you know, you could technically catch the snitch and still lose. Right. Yeah. You know? Okay. Let's say it's that, and then I'll and then I'll be able to <laughs> sleep at night. Um. But yeah. So. It's just Frankenstein left, but the hand grenade's gone. And so they, they like, you know, pull up to the end, and there's the president up on this big, um, like, high-rise. Um, that's not the right word. It's, like, a big scaffolding thing that looks all nice. A big platform. And the crowd's cheering, going wild, and uh, we don't see the navigator, but Frankenstein gets out. Immediately, you can tell that it's a woman because it's a really tight suit. Yeah. Personally. I mean, there's a cape, sure, but yeah. uh, it's the navigator. You can tell right away. Uh, and so she well, goes well, up that to the and president. She has her right hand. 
that too. Um, so she goes up to the president. I really don't know what her plan was, but she goes up there and then turns out her grandmother was in the crowd. Well, she had a knife. There's a shot where you can see she has a, a knife, like a little scalpel that she's like kind of slipping out of her sleeve. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. Again, so she's... again with her right hand where you're like, yeah. isn't that the hand? That... Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she's going for a good old fashioned shanking. Yeah. The president. Um, yeah, but then her, her grandmother's in the crowd thinking that that's Frankenstein and that Frankenstein killed her granddaughter. Yeah. And she pulls a gun and shoots Frankenstein, but not the president. Yeah. Which, and also didn't really shoot him very well. I thought that he got shot in the head and then that was going to be a really tragic moment in the movie. Kind of seemed like she was fine afterward, uh, but anyway, that happened. Well, yeah, they get a big uproar, and then all of a sudden, Frankenstein, who's naked, uh, <laughs> yes, pop, pops up in his vehicle and then just drives into the platform. Uh, and it seems like everyone gets off in time except for the president, who lands on the hood of the car, and from that sudden, I guess, fifteen foot drop is dead. I guess so. Um. And then everyone cheers. Maybe he has really brittle bones. Like maybe there's sure. not a lot of calcium in the future. Maybe. Um, the milk's but, gone bad. The milk's gone bad, America. Um, <laughs> but then everyone cheers. Like this was a very uh, it presented to me like a very cult like America where the the president was worshipped. Um. Maybe. And, and he, he goes down and everyone just fucking loves it because they love blood sport more than they love government. Yeah. But I um, mean, like... And because it was Frankenstein, I think yeah. everyone was just super on board. Yeah, it could be. Could be. But, like, you think in, like, you know, Turkmenistan or somewhere, like, North Korea, where they got these, like, military dictator leaders... Like you think if 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 like one of them was like publicly executed, you don't think there'd be a few people cheering? Okay, but everyone cheers. <laughs> sure, but I think I, I, I think I you kind of you pretend to get on board with government. Sorry, say say it again. I, I assume that they it was a brainwashed mass. Oh, okay. No, see, I was looking at it more as like you know you you put your head down and pretend to be on board with you know the party because mm-hmm. otherwise you disappear, kind of thing. You know. Uh, okay. I mean, Soviet Soviet Union kind of situation, right? Right. Okay. That makes a little Um, more sense then, given that everyone was super okay with the president dying. Look, maybe I'm just trying (laughs) to, you know, justify it somehow. I think you are. I think you are just justifying all the problems I have with this movie. But we'll unpack that in a few because we just got the end of the movie to work out. Uh, Frankenstein kills the president. That means he gets to be the president because that's how government works um and totally and then next thing we know him and the navigator i feel bad that i just don't remember the character's name at all uh but they're married so they're now mr and mrs president um and then they are like they're like coming out of i think they just got married like they're coming out of the chapel and the news is there and it's the same the same reporter is there who is doing the death race and they like publicly announce just after getting married that they are abolishing the death race mm-hmm. which is what actually brings this the the movie to its completion that was the arc was stopping the death race and then they do it because now they have total control because they rule the government 
uh, and the announcer is super protestant and was like, no, people love the death race. How can you, Frankenstein, who have been deified by the death race, abolish the death race? We need the death race. And he like stands in front of their car to stop them. So they run him over. Well, yeah. Roll credits. <laughs> There's, you know. <laughs> the education system in dystopian America is about as good as the education system in real America. So. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's just like, like they stopped the death race to stop the blood sport. Uh, but the movie ends with them just running one more guy over. Yeah, anyone like, anyone who opposes the lack of blood sport will be publicly <laughs> killed. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, uh. And so then the the credits roll, and the credits, by the way, they start with like some sort of evolutionary oh, yes. report on murder. The history. It's like literally the history of violence, like yeah. how violence was created like first there was homo erectus (laughs) then they evolved into you know whatever and invented the tomahawk and used it to murder each other yeah and ever since then humans have loved murder thank you for coming to my ted talk (laughs) (laughs) exactly it was so jeez just so weird yeah and and so that is yet another thing that i think lends credence to the satire theory but yeah. can we just talk about how they're blaming France for everything? <laughs> yeah, there's like they they don't want to alert the public to the the rebel violence. Like racers have been killed by the rebels, uh, and they're like, oh no, that was something else. Like oh, that was mechanical trouble. And then like when eventually like it gets out that there is violence, they're like, oh no, there's no rebels. It's the French. It's the French. <laughs> like was there some sort of like America France like feud in the seventies that I just am not aware of yes there absolutely there is there is an america france feud now for a lot of people is there yeah absolutely um i I don't not not like you know like like america and russia like you know like america and france like fought on the same side in you know both world wars and stuff oh yeah but I feel like it's been a very regular trope in media that Americans hate the French. And, I mean, like, there has been weird stuff. I don't remember when it was, but there was the whole Freedom Fries movement. Oh, yeah. In America. There was, uh, at one point, where just, like, all over America, people were just dumping out, like, honest-to-goodness champagne that comes from France and, like, French wines. And just, like, just dumping that shit down the drain um, in hatred of France. I mean, like, it's no secret that, like, I'm sure the French all look down their noses at Americans. You know? Uh, probably, probably, yeah. Most people do, to be honest. Uh, especially now. Like, yeah. uh, but I, I would imagine, like, you know, the French would be like, oh, you fucking American pigs. You fucking, you did the disrespect the French, you motherfucker, have no culture, kind of fuck your sister piece of shit, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, to be honest, I, I I don't know that much about history. I'm not good at history. I hated social studies, but I'm pretty sure there was one point during the uh, the which war was it? Uh, there's so many wars. Uh, First World during, War, Second during, World War. No, not the World Wars. Uh, Korea. No, the the war where America was like fuck you, England. What was that one called? Oh, the War of eighteen twelve. I don't know. The one where they wanted to be independent and decided to do it through blood sport. 
instead of writing a stern note like Canada did, um, where like, like, f- like France came to their aid for for a battle, and then, but and they were like, we come to your aid, we're gonna like supply you with arms and stuff. All we ask in return is that you you know you return the favor someday. I'm again, I I don't know all the shit, but I'm pretty sure France came to America's aid, and then when France needed America, America was like. No, we're busy. Um, okay. This is really off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was weird that they went to like France because I'm like it's like the 1970s. Like Russia's right there. Like you could just be like, oh, it's the USSR fucking shit up for us. Yeah, it would have been easy. Yeah. Or like like you know the Vietnam Vietnamese getting revenge, or or something right? Like you know Vietnam just happened. You had Korea, like, you know, a couple decades before, like, why the French? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that to me is about as random as being like, ah, yes, the um, Estonians are attacking again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or like, uh... there's a Brazilian invasion happening. <laughs> like, I don't know. Seemed random. Stop blaming France for all your problems, America. Straight up. Uh, what else do, did you want to touch on? Anything? Uh, you know, thinking back and, you know, just kind of take, taking this moment to, to recollect the entire movie with you, I realized now that it was obviously very stupid and satirical. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's one of the racers, uh, though, you know, like the southern one, who and she's she's got a a car that just has huge bull horns coming out of the front of it. Yeah. She goes to run someone over at one point who like gets out of the way and then just all of a sudden takes out a big red like tablecloth and there's a whole matador scene but with a car. Is there? There's a bullfight with her driving the bull car and him like, you know, holding up the curtain and then she drives by and like oh it just misses and oh it just misses but she's driving a fucking car why wouldn't she just hit him instead of go for the tablecloth yeah um i have no i have no memory of this (laughs) uh full disclosure i was a little distracted while watching it um i i was sexting it's fine um (laughs) (laughs) so there's maybe like a 20 minute chunk in the middle that I don't really recall what was happening. <laughs> well, you missed a bullfight with a car. Fuck, um, I gotta go back and watch that. And then eventually he does get gored with one of the horns and falls over. And then, only then, when he's lying on the ground in pain, then he gets run over. Okay, I think I have a but, vague uh, memory of him getting gored by the horns. And then. There is also a point where Machine Gun Joe, using the sword sticking out of the front of his car, just. Uh, cuts cuts someone's dick off. Yeah, I remember that. Just gets the construction worker right in the cack. Right in the dick. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, maybe runs his head over to put him out of his misery or just leaves him there. I'm having a hard time remembering. But anyway, there's yeah. Oh. No, there's one more thing that I want to address actually. Sorry to keep this yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. No, so no, this no, is a no, race. This is a race. Yeah. Right supposedly of course um but after the first day of racing the first leg of the race they all have a pit stop together in the same building 
where they all get naked massages in the same room. On TV, by the way. Is televised, yeah. Yeah. Like, while they're being interviewed, like, two of the girls just sit up and start yelling at each other, and just, like, their tits are out on TV, like... (laughs) Yeah. We didn't get to see any any cock, which was, I felt like, imbalanced the scene for me. Um... But uh, and then of course Frankenstein doesn't participate because he's in a gimp costume. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah. So they all. So it's they all they all just chill together in the same building and have like private rooms. But all their cars are parked in the same parking lot in the in the in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's even a scene where like um. Uh, Machine Gun Joe is like in the garage and he's talking to Frankenstein's navigator. Yeah. Um, and um, which is the navigator that Frankenstein built out of a bunch of random body parts. Um, <laughs> and Frankenstein comes out and he's like, oh, hey, Frank, man. Uh, I was just down here kind of messing with your car, man. Uh, I didn't mean to. And then, you know, they get in like a little, a little scuffle. Mm, yes, I would describe it as a scuffle. It's not quite a fight. Yeah, scuffle's good. Yeah, it's the, it's the kind of fight that you would see in a seventies movie. You know, where they grab each other's shoulders and then they turn it aside a little bit, and then one of them gets thrown and does a very yeah. theatrical roll off of the hood of a car. You know, they none of them ever did the like where the the guy goes for the low grab and then he does the other one does the like you know puts your hands in in like praying position. Like, oh yeah, the double fist and do the double <laughs> fist to the back. <laughs> Oh, that's so like, classic. That's a classic, like, Sean Connery, James Bond era move. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the double fist to the spine that somehow, <laughs> like, completely knocks someone out. Yep. I mean, I've I guess never if tried you... it. No, neither have I. I'm not going to. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess if you hit someone hard enough, you could, like, break their spine, and then they're not going to get up to fight. That's true. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, so that was that was weird. That was a weird thing. One yeah. of the many weird things about this movie. This is yeah. a weird movie. Is this the first Roger Corman movie we've done? Is it? I th- it I think it might be. I mean, we've certainly talked about him on the show a bunch of times. Surely. I, I mean, Roger Corman is, like, without a doubt, one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. And it's not because I think he makes good movies. Oh, no, Chopping Mall. I was about to say, who did Chopping Mall? It was like the fourth episode we did was Chopping Mall. Okay. But it might be the first Roger Corman. Oh, no, he also did The Punisher. Okay, Okay. we've done a a few. Yeah, I thought so. Um, First one in a while, though. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Forbidden World was also Roger Corman. Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) I was wrong. Fuck me. (laughs) Um... He's legitimately one of my favorite filmmakers because, like, not because I think he makes good movies, but just because, like, the dude loved making movies so much, you know? <laughs> like, he's, he's the guy that was like, all right, I'm going to rent a camera on Friday because if I rent it on Friday, I only have to pay for one day rental fee, but I get it for the whole weekend <laughs> and I only have to take it back at the end of the day on Monday. So if I rent it the first thing in the morning, I can get four shooting days out of the camera. Saves money. And there was, like, times where he's like, we shot an entire movie in a day and a half. And so we still had the camera for another day and a half. And so we shot another movie. 
Oh, that's like, so ridiculous to think about. Yeah, he just, you know, he just always has scripts going in the office. He's like, find a short script that we can film real quick. And they're like, oh, we got this one about a squid monster. He's like, do we have a squid costume? They're like, we have an octopus costume. He's like, good enough. Let's do it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, there's a really good documentary. Of, I think it's called Corman's World. Mm. Um, And like, the, you know, the type of people that have, you know, got their start with Roger Corman, Ron Howard... Uh, got his start directing for Roger Corman. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Martin Scorsese directed a movie for Roger Corman. <laughs> oh, weird. Like, I think Jim James Cameron. Uh, yeah, Piranha. He was working on Piranha. Oh. Um, weird. Got his start there. Yeah, so I think I think the quote that Martin Scorsese says is like, Marty, Marty if you do a good job for me, you'll never have to work for me again. <laughs> Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't think he ever did. So Perfect. Yeah. So I have oh, I have wow. a huge admiration for Roger Corman and his just like sheer hustle. You know? Mm-hmm. Just fair. nonstop. It's impressive. Hustle and grind. And the dude's ninety five. He's still making movies. Jeez. Ninety five, ninety six. Wow. Something like that. Still making movies, so that's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, good on you, Roger Corman. Uh, Matt, how do you rate this film? Oh, wait. Actually, hold on. Oh, uh, what are we? Death Race two thousand. We should do. Uh, we should do Rotten Tomatoes. We always forget. Oh yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, oh, wow. What did Death Race two thousand get on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, okay. Okay. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to guess, uh, I'm going to guess that people liked it for some reason. I'm going to guess 61. My friend, you are so far off. Oh, good. <laughs> no, no. 83. Wait, what? <laughs> 83% on the tomato meter. The critics' consensus is Death Race 2000 is a fun, campy classic drawing genuine thrills from its mindless ultraviolence. I can't argue with that. Audience score, 64%. I was really close to the audience score. Yeah, you um, were. <laughs> wow, I so, mean, yeah, when you... Yeah, if you if you decide that it's a satire, um, and it is very campy, that's yeah. true. Uh, ultimately, it there was a lot of moments where I laughed, and it was kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Um yeah. I oh, I don't I don't know. I don't know I, what to read. I'm going to say I'm going to say craptacular. You're going to say it's craptacular? I would uh, definitely watch this again, especially with friends once it's yeah, allowed. Yeah. Yeah, if we if we had a good old good old fashioned culture night, I would be super down to watch Death Race 2000. Let's put it on the craptacular list. Nice. All right, so that pretty much brings us to the end of the show then. Um pretty much that uh yeah this was death race 2000 if you like the show you can please uh rate and uh give us a five star review uh and leave a comment on itunes that always helps a lot uh you can find us on all of the socials at retro crap pod on facebook instagram twitter and retro crap pod at gmail.com uh we didn't have any emails this week but we did have some youtube comments mm, are they scathing Ooh, this one's fun, though. Uh, this oh. is from uh, the Reindeer Games episode. Mm. Harsh Pal says, 
What is this? Care to explain? (laughs) (laughs) To which I replied, it's a podcast. That's it? Just, it's a podcast? It's a podcast. Uh, And then there was another one that had (laughs) commented on the Vertical Limit uh, episode. says, please upload in video. Oh, yeah. People get really, really, really confused in in the YouTube Mm -hmm. community when when a video is is actually a podcast. Yeah. Uh, There's another one that says, you didn't even play it. Yes, YouTube commenters are so dumb. Like, 90% of the time, it's just... Please, Should keep I commenting. I love it. Should I change the title of our channel to, like, the Retro Craptacular nope. Podcast? Nope. Nope, just keep it the same? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, we're also on YouTube. Uh, we're on all of the Podcatcher apps. If you got Apple Podcasts or Google Play or whatever on your phone, Spotify, we're all on there. Uh, we do one episode a month. And next month we are going to be back with a movie, probably. Uh, I don't remember what it is. Let me just look real quick. No, 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 no. It's Battlestar Galactica. We're gonna watch the, oh, yeah. um, the pilot. The uh, which I guess in the U.S. it was the, like a three-part pilot for the show that was released theatrically in Canada and in Europe and other places as the movie Battlestar Galactica. Right. As a way to kind of recoup some of the costs of how expensive the the pilot was to produce because they basically, it came out like a couple years after Star Wars and they were like, we want to do that, but on TV. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Sweet. So yeah, we're going to watch that. I've never seen it. Which I'm very excited about, but I did recently, as a, you know, dedicated listeners will know, I did rewatch the entire 2004 uh, series. So it'll be fun to compare and contrast. Indeed, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool, yeah. So that is uh, the thing that we're gonna do next week. Uh, we also have a Patreon that you can check out. We recently recorded a commentary track for the Rise of Skywalker. Um, oh yeah. I forgot it's, did that. <laughs> it's rough. It's not as scathing as I expected it to be. Huh. I think I was just more sad than mad at that point. Oh, yeah, that's fair. You know? <laughs> it had been out for long enough. Yeah. But anyways, that's up there. Um, still, you know, lodge quite a few complaints about the movie. So <laughs> if you Formally. like Rise of Skywalker, maybe don't listen to it because we're just going to bitch for an hour or however long the fucking movie is. two and a half it's too long um and that's it i think right yeah that sounds like that's all the stuff that we did it we kicked off the kicked off the new year Woo! happy 2021 however however many years we've been doing this four this is year five five i want to say we started in 2017 i can tell you i can tell you what year is correct it's whatever was, year I remember the apartment that I lived in that we started it in, and it was the apartment I, I moved into late 2016. So yes, and the first episode we did was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which was to coincide, uh, mm. coincide with the Power Rangers movie coming out in 2017. So good. We so rushed good. rushed that first episode out in time. Nice, <laughs> and it shows. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like that Power Rangers movie though. Yeah, me too. The new one, that's good. I, I want another one. 
Me too. Me too. Won't happen, but you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the show. Thanks for listening, and until next time, keep watching crap. <laughs> <laughs>